0: You are listening to The Hodges Huddle, where we discuss all things happening in the wide world of sports. Here is your KLSU sports team. Welcome into The Hodges Huddle. I'm your host, Patricia Caputo. Joining me today is Raven Freeman and Andre Champagne. Raven, how are you today? I'm good. How are you? I am good. Andre, how are you feeling?
1: I'm doing amazing right now.
0: Awesome. First, let's start off talking about some LSU football news before we jump into the the core of our other football talk. During the weekend, wide receiver Malik Neighbors was arrested in New Orleans during Mardi Gras as an officer discovered that he had a handgun in his pocket. The charges have since been dropped. His arrest, he spent about a night in jail, but as I said, the charges have been dropped. If you're speaking of this LSU wide receiver court, you had Kayshawn Booty who has since gone to the draft, you had Jack Bash, who transferred this season. So Malik Neighbors was supposed to be that Kayshawn Booty that the team needed for this season, that he was supposed to be the guy who's going to step up and lead after the productive season he had last season. So, Andre, if you're looking at Malik, what are you expecting? Do you think a suspension could possibly come from either the NCAA or Brian Kelly?
1: No, I don't think so. Uh, I think this is like strictly for LSU to um, decide, but... I don't think it, you know, affects next season too much. I mean, I'll just say this. They could have definitely – this could have definitely affected his career uh, if he wasn't careful. I think he made a mistake, and he's still a kid, you know. He's 19 years old. My guess is he brought it to NOLA for the weekend to protect himself, you know, with how dangerous New Orleans Mardi Gras is, but he got unlucky, got checked. Obviously, that doesn't make it right, you know, Um, but he just, you know – you got to do better in that case, you know, you got to think of what's your future hold and was that really worth it?
2: Right, I agree with Andre. The situation could have gone, could have been handled a lot better, but, you know, New Orleans is an unsafe place. It's Mardi Gras. He was let out the same day, I believe, or he wasn't in there for that long. But I don't think, like Andre said, this will affect next season by the time it rolls around.
0: Right, even though that, Andre, you you mentioned that he was a kid and Part of that's true. With the law, you're an adult, and that's how the law is going to see you. Uh, you're in college now. You're not in high school anymore. You have to know right from wrong. And in certain situations, sometimes you have to decide, do I want to go or not? You want to have fun. You want to be in college. But also, if it's going to affect your life, that this could have affected way more than his football career. If you're looking at it from a life perspective, that he could have had a record and been looked at for that record for the rest of his life, whether he decides to go on and play professional football or decides to take a different career path, that could have greatly affected him with that decision. And the charges were dropped, so that likely will not affect him anymore, but it's still almost like a stain on your record. And it's something that if you do go to the draft, the media talks, and I'm sure that they'll mention this. And he'll be a junior next year, so he'll have to decide whether to declare for the draft or not. But in speaking of terms of Brian Kelly, I would almost expect Brian Kelly to go out there and have some sort of disciplinary issue eventually for him. I don't know if it will be in a suspension or something during spring, and it's something that Brian Kelly being that new coach, if Notre Dame, you had to hold so many students to such high standards because of the academic values that they had there. And also how hard it was to get players to come to Notre Dame. You wanted to be that coach who would win games, but you're also trying to prepare people for life, prepare athletes for life as well. They're not going to play football forever. So you could possibly expect to see that from Malik neighbors. But other than that, the football team should be okay. If anything, I would say that would be one or two game suspension possibly a four game suspension but again it's up to probably brian kelly because i don't know how involved the ncaa will get into that but it's just something to be noted within this lsu football team something else that they're likely going to have to deal with
1: i just think if the charges got dropped i don't think the ncaa can get involved So it'll be strictly probably lsu
0: correct yes Moving on, talking about LSU men's basketball team, some exciting news as they won their first game of 2023. They defeated Vanderbilt on Wednesday night, 84 to 77 at home in the PMAC, winning their 13th game of the season to end their 14 game winning streak. Coming into this podcast, I assume that It would just be another game that we breeze over and say, yep, this LSU team needs help. Are they going to win a game this season? The same questions that we've been asking for about two months now. But all of that was proven wrong when K.J. Williams went off for 35 points and 10 rebounds after playing 36 minutes against the Commodores. Raven, you're looking at this basketball team. They can win win games. You know that. This is a talented game. But K.J. Williams, if you looked at the rest of the season. He has not had this offensive production that he had on Wednesday night. Do you think if he played like this consistently throughout the season, this team would have won more games?
2: I mean, yes and no. KJ Williams is only one player. And like I said, the team hasn't looked the same since the beginning of the season, including KJ. So I mean, yes and no players like Adam Miller, you know, Mm -hmm. your other star players that you have on the team would have to step step up as well. KJ can't do it all by himself.
0: And Andre, let's talk about Adam Miller. What what did you see from him? Someone else who had 18 points to help secure that that win.
1: He stopped shooting threes. I mean, he <laughs> he stopped doing what he was trying to force, and I think that's really what helped him. I guess in that that situation, he stopped going to three point shooting, and then he started going to the to the basket. I mean, he started driving, and and he did really well with that. And uh, he started shooting mid mid range shots. He, he's got a really good pump fake too, so that helped him out.
0: And that was something that was important for this team last year, too. They weren't a three-point shooting team last year. Now a ton of new faces. They're still not that three-point shooting team. And you just have to come to that realization when you're a basketball team to say, hey, you got to score in the paint. you got to try to get some fouls and try to make them. And that's why I just think it was so important for them to come to that realization. Hey, we're not a three-point shooting team. Let's move on. Let's be better. And that's exactly what they did against Vanderbilt. And you could say a quality win for this LSU team. And if you're looking at the season as a whole from a bird's eye view, Andre, this team, you know that they couldn't string together wins, but it wasn't like the talent wasn't there. You had a lot of guys come from Murray State who they'd made the tournament last season and they had the experience. You had some guys come from Mississippi and Mississippi State, rather, and plenty of other places because they practically had to rebuild this entire lineup under Matt McMahon. So, what do you see in this team? Do you think that the problem was? a mentality issue do you think it's a coaching issue what do you think the overall issue of this team was and why that they couldn't win games at the end of the day
1: yeah i think it's a mix of everything that you just kind of said i think coaching wise we aren't doing enough to give ourselves a chance whether that may be preparation or just in-game adjustments then you have the mentality part where lsu just not they're, they're they're not there in the locker room i mean last night previously before then they haven't won a game this year so You would think the fans are upset of course but just think of how the players feel i mean the locker room has got to be at an all-time low yeah they won that kind of helps but you think after the season what are they going to do you think they're going to leave that's what i think
2: right because that's what i was going to mention i mean i don't even see next season being too much better because i feel like a lot of players are going to enter the transfer portal i mean Adam Miller. Of course, he's one of our key players. Even K.J. Williams might enter the transfer portal. So, I feel like we're going to have to start from scratch again, which is just letting us down more. I feel like next season could even be even worse. I mean, we're starting from the bottom all over again, but we won't know until the transfer portal do we know who enters the transfer portal.
0: Right. That's something that I would likely see happening within this program for the next few years. Just every year trying to make a quick turnaround with the transfer portal being as lackadaisical as it is, players entering the draft. And it might get difficult for Matt McMahon because you don't have players that you can pull over from Murray State and say, hey, come over here with me. I'm leaving. I'm going to LSU. Now you can come with me. So that's something he's going to actively have to work in the Got transfer portal and try yeah. to encourage kids to come to a school that very well can be suspended in the next few months or the next year. And you're almost, if you're an LSU fan, if you're Somewhere in that association, you want the NCAA just to make up their minds and say, right. Yep, this is a suspension, this is what's going to happen. Because then it makes ease recruiting a lot easier because right. it's black and white. This is what's going to happen, this is going to go down. You can make the choice whether you want to stay or you want to
1: come.
2: Right. And that makes it even more risky. Like players are not going to want to come here because you come right. here, you move your mm-hmm. whole life right. here, and then the right. NCAA is like, they're com- spend- Yeah,
1: they're coming here to w- either win a championship or get prepared mm-hmm. for the draft or both." And right. uh, Obviously you want to come here to win but you can't really do that right now and then you ha- you see allegations
2: mm-hmm. that might
1: be you know coming here it just it's just not a place where as as I would look for myself if I was a okay. recruit you right. know I wouldn't want to go to LSU right now
0: and that's exactly why Matt McMahon is going to have to find about three or four diamond in the roughs like he did with John ja Morant. He's done that one time, and that really set him up for his entire career because John ja Morant is one of the best right now in the NBA. And he's going to have to do that a few more times here at LSU if he wants to be able to produce some winning seasons in the next few years. But let's talk about a team and a coach who has no problem winning basketball games, Kim Mulkey and the LSU Tigers. LSU women's basketball team defeated the Florida Gators in Florida 90 to 79 on Sunday, winning their 25th game of the season. Angel Reese once again had a stellar game, an amazing game, a jaw-dropping game, thirty-six points, sixteen rebounds, and twenty-five points. It seems that she has surely bounced back from that South Carolina game where her double-double streak came to an end. So let's talk about that, Raven. You go to South Carolina, she does not have a good game. She'd said that in previous press conferences and previous after after games, she had said you know, I just didn't have a good game, but they still came away with the win. Then you see that South Carolina loss. It affects her, right? It's, it could be difficult for a player to try to motivate themselves again and say, hey, I'm going to go out there and just play like myself again. I'm going to bounce back from this. So what did you see for her in this Florida game?
2: I mean, you can tell that losing that streak hurt her. She turned that like anger and sadness into motivation on the court, and you can see it when she plays. I mean, not because these teams are easy to beat, but, you know, putting up 36 points continuing her double-double streak, I mean, getting that back. You can tell that she's ready to perform differently. She knows her mistakes, she's gonna learn from them, and she's showing that on the court.
1: I would agree, I mean, she's just built different. Like, she is just, (laughs) she's hurt. I mean, like, she (laughs) hates to lose, and she's, like, one of the biggest competitors that I've ever seen, just in collegiate sports. I mean, someone who hates to lose that much is destined to be Mm -hmm. great, in my opinion. It's kinda like that Kobe mentality, like, yeah, I dropped you know like 60 but we still lost so that's right. not good enough for me i mean she took that south carolina loss personally and i think that with all the social media banter it ends up only fueling her and and she ends up having a career high night like the the game after so mm-hmm. that should just show you how how ready she is for this and she i mean it's only gonna get better she's a sophomore
2: yeah
0: Yes, and if you're speaking about just getting better, Jasmine Carson improved greatly in that Florida game, one of the best games of of the year for her, 25 points on the night against Florida, and it also just, she exemplified the talent that she has, you hear of players like Angel Reese, you hear of Alexis Morris, you just expect them to do great, and Jasmine Carson has been someone who's just been there all season playing tough, playing physical to be able to help this team win games as well. And how does she lighten the load, Andre? If you're talking about, like I said, Angel Reese, Alexis Morris, even someone like LaDasia Williams, she really comes in, Jasmine Carson, and helps lighten this load to take some of the pressure off of these competitive players.
1: Right, like you said, LSU is going to be completely fine if she continues to be consistent in her play like she did against Florida. In March especially, I think they're going to have to rely on her when Alexis and Angel are getting Heavily defended, right? And she and they're gonna put their best defenders on those two players. But she's just an elite shooter and personally I think all year she's been underused, just way mm-hmm. underused with obviously you have Angel, she's gonna get most of the shots in the game. You have Flauget, who's also a really good shooter, and then you have Alexis who's been taking a lot of the load lately. But Jasmine Carson in March is really the key to L S U success in my opinion.
0: Yeah, in a sense, I think that's kind of good because you're going into conference play now and teams don't know what they're going to get from Jasmine Carson, and that's important. You know some people are kind of figuring out Angel Reese's game a little bit. They know how to defend her. And then you have someone like Jasmine Carson. If she's able to make up for it, just like you said, Andre, if Carson and Morris are defended just too well, they can't score points, Jasmine Carson can come in there and try to help the team get the job done. LSU also in that game. They average five three-point shots per game this season. In the game against Florida, they had five three-point shots before the end of the second half. Raven, what do you think this was a cause of? Do you think they're just getting more comfortable at the three-point line? Do you think the balls are just falling? Or do you think this is something that the team is improving on so as they get into conference play, it could be dangerous for their defenders?
2: I think that they're improving and getting more comfortable. I mean, as you head into postseason, the competition is going to get harder and harder. Threes are going to win games. They're going to keep you in the lead. They're going to keep you right on components toes and I think you know Kim is smart she knows how to win these games so she knows what to do in practice and I think it's showing on the court that they're practicing these threes for sure Andre
1: I think I think I agree I mean it's just something they've been practicing on with Morrison and Carson who can shoot the lights out I think we're gonna start seeing more of that three-point shooting than we have been and it's it's more being comfortable but also they're they've get they're getting so many shots down in practice and just all of that and it's, it's become kind of like muscle memory for them now I I like, though, because they need to shoot more threes a game, I think. Mm
0: -hmm. Right. The team shot 55% from the three-point line compared to Florida's 34.8%. The team will go on to take Vanderbilt. This podcast is being recorded on Thursday, February 23rd, so they'll take on Vanderbilt at 6.30. Any predictions, Andre? Easy
1: W. We're winning by, like, 30.
0: Because Kim Mulkey did not say that in her interview. Vandy's trash. Okay, Andre being vocal.
1: Academic school. (laughs) Andre being
0: vocal. Raven, do the Tigers win today? And does Angel Reese get another double-double?
2: I think Angel Reese will definitely get another double-double. But I hope that the Tigers are not too confident. I think we'll come off with the win. But, you know, when we're overconfident, we go into overtime. We're almost losing. So let's just hope they're humble. Right, and hopefully now that that South Carolina game's out
0: of the way, the team seems to be a little more focused. They seem Mm -hmm. more determined. Just get through the season. You have to win these last two games because it's important for the conference tournament to get that number two seed. Unless South Carolina loses, you're not going to get the number one seed. So you control the balls in your court, Right, pun intended. Like Seriously, balls in your court. You can get the two seed. You can lock it up as long as you win out. That double bye
1: is really serious. Exactly. It's going to help so big.
0: Correct. So important game tonight for the Tigers. Let's move on to LSU baseball on Tuesday on Mardi Gras. LSU baseball defeated Southern University 18-4. Andre, I know you're going to be really vocal about this one, but let's talk about Thatcher Hurd, the pitcher. Not exactly what some may have expected. His first outing here at LSU, first time starting at LSU. It was a very good crowd. I had worked the game. I went to the game for Tuesday. I know a lot of people were off, so it made it a little easier before a midweek game that, as the old sports director Tyler, Tyler Viso says, isn't important and they don't matter. It was a very good crowd. Thatcher Hurd pitched two innings, allowed four runs and six hits, and walked three players. Andre, what did you see in him? Is this something that the team should be nervous about? Or is this just getting some jitters out, maybe?
1: Obviously, where we between us three, we know uh, I was very vocal in our group chat when it <laughs> happened. Well, the 24-hour um, little rule has hit. So I'm going to say <laughs> my better thoughts now. I am still very worried uh, just from seeing him on Tuesday. Obviously, it's early. I get that, but you get a Southern team who you're supposed to dominate pitching-wise. This guy came from UCLA, had a great ERA uh, before the, his injury, but um, you know you're working with the best pitching country. I mean, pitching coach in the country. He's coming from the MLB, and you go in pitch two innings with 50 pitches, give up all all these runs. It's just something to question. I, I think we'll end up being fine, uh, but. He has to get better soon because LSU is going to be counting on him, especially, uh, you know, for coming out of conference play. I think he's going to end up having to be a starter.
2: Right, I agree because I was concerned you know, we played Southern. We're going to continue to play all these teams. You know, we should be dominating against. I mean, we haven't played any SEC teams, so I agree with Andre about being
1: worried.
0: Look, you're still coming back from the injury. It's something to warm up. You're trying to warm up that arm. You're in a new environment. Andre doesn't believe in the jitters. Hey,
1: they had <laughs> all those scrimmages. That's all. I but a say. scrimmage
0: is nothing compared to I a real know. game. I don't know.
1: When you're going up against Dylan Cruz every every day, it, it kind of But you is. know,
0: at the end of the day, you know it's a mentality thing that you know you're not going to go up against him in real life. You're never going to go up against him in a game unless you both go to the MLB in a few years, right? Not right now. Not in college. So, I don't know. I don't know if I'm really all set. Yes, it's a great boundary to have. It's a great base to have. Yes, you're going up against Dylan Cruz, one of the best hitters right now in college baseball. But Southern is not a very bad team. They were 3-1 and one coming into the year. I know that it's different because SEC play, SWAC, all that, whatever. But at the end of the day, I think it's jitters. You're, you're coming back from that injury. I wouldn't say that this is anything to worry about. And Jay Johnson did not seem too worried as well.
1: He's going to... Uh... He'll be right back out there uh, either this weekend or next Tuesday in an important spot to help us win. Um, I think he's a frontline pitcher and uh, has the stuff to do that, has the competitive character and makeup, and uh, we'll get him there.
0: In more exciting news, offensively speaking, during this baseball game, Trey Morgan went for the natural cycle. The natural cycle is when he hits the cycle in order. He had a single, he had a double, he had a triple, and then he hit a three-run home run to secure the 18-4 win for for the tigers this is after trey morgan comes off of a hitless weekend he does not do well in the opening for the tigers just not the great weekend that you would expect from someone who is just an offensive powerhouse andre you're looking at trey morgan how did he showcase his skills tuesday
1: right so trey had a hitless weekend coming into this one was a zero batting average and he leaves tuesday (laughs) with a 333 average i mean that's just the kind of guy you want in your locker room. For one, he overcame that adversity from starting slow, not getting a hit, which is not easy to do because as a hitter, when you're in a slump, it's it's like the ball you can't even see it. It's it's crazy, and uh, for him to come back and just not only get some hits, but to hit for the natural cycle, that that is something we're probably never going to see here at. LSU in our lifetime, I would say, again. I mean, that's just incredible.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, he had that Andrew Reese mentality. I mean, anytime an athlete has a bad or an off game and they're able to come back and perform even better, I mean, that's just the type of motivation, mm-hmm. like Andre said, that's just the type of guy you want in your locker room.
0: And Trey Morgan had a lot to say about that hitless inning and especially
2: hitting the natural
0: cycle. Well, I mean, I can tell you I've only tried to hit
1: um, I home run at work twice, and in my entire career, and that's like what thousands of at bats. So this was one of
0: them. And the last time the cycle was hit at LSU was in 2010. A natural cycle in the MLB has only been done 14 times ever. Andre,
1: I saw a stat from Cody Warsham. Super cool. You, you got y'all are gonna like freak out. <laughs> it is more rare to hit a natural cycle, or it's, yeah, it's more rare for that to happen than to get struck by lightning
0: wow and Trey Morgan look at him well that's what he said he said he was thinking about it he said that's the the only time my the two times in my career that I thought about it the first one he said was during his freshman year here at LSU where he actually did hit a home run he thought about hitting a home run and it worked and that's what he said he knew about it he said I know I kind of knew what was going on I didn't know if Southern knew but I knew they kept throwing at me and he said I was prepared just going into the the game that I had the weekend before. And he also thinks that maybe there's a little bit of a superstition to all of this. I looked in my locker because I showed up to the field in white socks, and I thought I had purple socks in my locker, but they were a um, mismatch, so I guess it's the go-to now. So you hear about his socks. Andre, you think the superstition's true?
1: I like that. So when <laughs> I was, like, playing baseball, I th- we didn't do, like, that same kind of stuff, but we definitely had our, like, little before game. Everyth- you have to do something, like,
0: I like that it was a complete accident, though. He was like, I couldn't find white. I I had white socks. I couldn't find purple ones. (laughs) Find a
1: reason for everything, right? (laughs) These are the only two I found. I like that
0: seems to work maybe he'll hit another natural cycle and bump even have another cool stat like oh wow we just even bumped up his chances more anyway let's talk about the fielding to wrap this up for the baseball team that was something that this team struggled with last year it was one of the reasons that they couldn't make it to Omaha if you're looking at this fielding Andre what are you seeing how are you seeing the improvements from last season
1: right throughout the first four games of last year the team was struggling they had seven errors right throughout those first four games and Throughout the first four games now, we have none. So that just kind of tells you we're, we're progressing very well. Uh, Jordan Thompson in the field has been incredible. And Braden Bear has looked to kind of figure mm-hmm. some stuff out as well as uh, Gavin Dugan now at second. He's been really solid. So it's really good that we're playing clean baseball. That's what you have to do to win games. You have to play error free baseball and just keep it up pretty much.
2: I agree with Andre.
0: And that's what's so important because when you have someone like Thatcher Hurd come in and not have the best game, if they're fielding right, you're eliminating mistakes. A pitcher can have two bad innings and you're still able to come back and you're still able to win the game in the seventh inning. They wrapped this up by the seventh inning because of that 10 run rule. And that was it, right? It was okay, you're moving on, now you're gonna go on, you're gonna go on the road, have that first true road game this weekend. That is all we have for you today. I'm Patricia Caputo. Joining me was Raven Freeman and Andre Champagne. And of course, we cannot forget about our production producer, Jonah Webster. We appreciate you for everything that you do here on the Hodges Huddle. Jonah, this is the Hodges Huddle. Have a great day.